company in Ankeny. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, here until noon, coming up in about oh, 30 minutes or thereabouts. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, Mr. Monday Night, will make an appearance. Baltimore 7 at Circa as we speak. We shall see if he keeps that one-in-a-row winning streak. One-in-a-row? Is that what it is? I just Don't you got to have at least two? To, to make it a streak? Yeah. I will see. I, I think you're on the Ravens side tonight. We'll find out at about uh, just before we get out of here. Let's get to Bama Bob as we recap the weekend in college football and what a weekend that it was. Oh, Bama Trent and Ken, how are you? Oh, uh, you know, just trying to uh, recoup after that, Ken. I mean, what a, what a weekend. I mean, where do you where do we start? Well, the time slots couldn't have worked out better, Bama. For from at least right. from where we sit, um, you know, here in Iowa, with the with the Red River showdown. Uh, at the same time, you got the Old Miss in Arkansas. Then you get Iowa, Penn State in the middle of the afternoon, and the game in Lincoln, uh, and, and the game at uh, in Texas A and M and and uh, Alabama. Just an amazing, amazing weekend. Before we get into that, and we'll go through all the conferences. Maybe not the ACC, yeah, uh, because I don't know if there was anything in there. Maybe there was. There was oh, a good one in that one. Oh, you know what? There was Notre Dame and Vautech, right? But before we do that, yeah. Cincinnati won fifty-two to three, coming off an emotional win over Notre Dame. If there was ever going to be a letdown, look, Temple was never going to beat them. The number was thirty. They clobbered them, Bama, and it was third stringers in there at the end of the football game. Is Cincinnati for real? Uh, well, mate, I, I believe they are for real, Ken. And uh, when we get to the last segment, I'll tell you how for real I think they are. When we do our playoffs, teams. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed. I was impressed. Uh, yeah. I mean, me too. Classic letdown game. Yes. You know, coming off an emotional win and just nothing. Just absolutely ran over them again. Not much opposition, but <laughs> if you if you're a playoff team or you're a team trying to get to the playoffs, especially an FBS team. And really, are they an FBS team? Because they're going to the Big 12. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of a gray area right now for me. But uh, that's what you need to do to a team like that, and they did it. You know, if they don't get in this year, then if there was ever going to be a year, college football um, needs to proact instead of react. If you're not going to put them in, take Coastal, take Cincy, take BYU. BYU. Yeah. Um, yep. who, who are we missing? It's the back champion. Sure. Um, Whoever wins the Mountain West, Boise State had a big win over they BYU. Did. But take the take find four teams, do it on different days, have their own playoff, have their own playoff. Yeah, if you're not they, going to give them yeah. a shot, right? They deserve to have their day in the sun. That was all summer long. If there was ever a time, that's what I said with Cincinnati. They had the success the year previous, so they're going to rank be start ranked high. Mm-hmm. They had two games against mm-hmm. at the time top twenty five preseason yeah. teams in Indiana and Notre Dame. It was all there. And if they do that, and an American that isn't as good as it's been some no. years. But SMU is pretty good. Yeah, Houston has played well after that Week One loss, and of course he got UCF, who is not very good this year. But would you be surprised if Gus's boys are ready to go next week against Cincinnati? I certainly won't be. Mm-hmm. You get through that at thirteen and zero, 
and he still don't get a spot at the table, yeah, it's never going to happen. It's it's never going to well. Happen. And that that UCF game is an ABC game early, so I is mean, it? That's, that's another yeah. That's another network mm-hmm. game. You know, a chance for them to uh, make an impression on network TV. I'm looking and, and at it right listen, here. Ron's right. name carries a little juice. I yeah. mean, I, I think that's a team. Maybe in transition a little bit. They're certainly not what they were a few years back, but it, it's a recognizable name. It's a recognizable opponent, and it's probably the last one they're going to have because you look at the rest of it, and it's Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU, and East Carolina. So, I mean, this is probably their last chance to really make an impression on the national stage, and they've got a, they got an ABC game, so... What more could you want? Yeah, indeed. Before we get into breaking uh, some of the things down, Bama, uh, Ed Orgeron, it sure seems like it's over. I mean, Kentucky kicked the crap out of him. Seemed like that was almost a must-win game for LSU. Um, it's a big job. Let's let's not kid ourselves to thinking uh, anything otherwise. Would they do it in the middle of the season, Bama, or would they do it maybe late in the season to get a jump on whoever, quote, their guy is? What do you? How's this going to end? Because they're not going to win this week. I think Florida's going to kick their you-know-what. Yeah. Um, I think there's two two games, Ken. I think if they are – well, I guess really, they're ne- listen, their next three, they got Florida at Ole Miss at Alabama. Okay? They're, I mean, I don't think – I will be surprised if Orgeron is coaching against Alabama on November 6th. Uh, they have a bye week before, so if you're going to do it, maybe you do ah, it then. But yeah. look, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where there's nobody on that staff. I mean, somebody will take the, the, the position, but nobody's going to um, be a candidate full-time. And I think this is probably it for Orgeron. There's a reason he didn't get the USC job. I think we're starting to see that now. This was his dream. I feel I kind of feel bad for the guy. You can tell how much he loves the school, how much he loves the state how much it means to him to be head coach of LSU, but it is it is not it is now obvious. It's not becoming obvious anymore. It is now obvious that twenty nineteen was an outlier with Burrow and Chase and and all yeah. the and that great defense. And Joe and Joe Brady. Yeah, Canada and I mean you know, all those I mean just a great staff, great team. And he just hasn't we were willing to just kind of throw away last year along with a lot of teams. It's just you know, it was such an odd year with COVID and everything else, but I think now we're seeing that that maybe it wasn't just that. And look, when Kentucky, and no offense to your guilty pleasure, Ken, but when they run the ball for 330 yards against you, you've got issues that you can't correct. You can't correct it with scheme. You can't correct it with you know talent because you don't have talent. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I think that's really the biggest thing. They just don't have the talent. They don't have the horses anymore, and. Um, I th- I will be surprised again if he is uh, coaching against Alabama because they do have a tough one this week with Florida, and then at Ole Miss you weren't talking about an ugly game. That game's mm-hmm. got ugly all over it for LSU. So uh, it's it's it, it really is going to end fast for him, and uh, I wouldn't have seen that. There were a lot of questions after nineteen. But I think they've all been answered. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. Uh, Trent, I know you had the TV set up at the tailgate. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of the Red River showdown. What a game. I mean, what a game. 28-7 after the first quarter for Texas. 14 nothing for Texas two minutes into the football game. Switch quarterbacks, and away they went. So with that switch, what does that mean for Spencer Rattler? We talked about earlier, comes in for the two-point conversion, which was so weird. 
Does he transfer in season? Uh, or do you think? I mean, I don't think he's put a, enough t- uh, tape together to get an N. Look, he was the number one. He was the first quarterback off the board, so somebody people, liked yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, really good question. I don't think he plays again because, unless Williams gets hurt. Sure. So you stick around if you're Rattler. I think you do. I think you do it Wait at the end, the end of the, of the year. Season. You go to the NFL and be a fifth round draft pick, or do you go to SE School X and take over for a year? Well, and, and try do, and rebuild your stock, like Jalen Hurts did. Mm-hmm. Lost his job to Tua, mm-hmm. goes to Oklahoma, and becomes an NFL player mm-hmm. and a second round pick. That, yeah, well, yeah, I, I think, think he was yeah. right. I think that's probably a better recourse than all right. Well, here's a little tape. I was benched two years in a row against Texas. It's true. You want to use a first couple round draft pick on me? Probably not. I think that's the best route to go. Mm. Bama, your thoughts on the Red River Showdown? What a great game! I mean, just. As a neutral, you're just looking at this going, I mean, it was just, you couldn't take your eyes off of it hardly. Nope. Um, and, and look, I think lost in all this, uh, you know, and Rattler, the Rattler decision is certainly going to dominate the conversation. How good was Casey Thompson? Yes. yes. 388 yards. And how tough is Casey Thompson? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, you want to talk about a guy whose stock is on the rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid just, I mean, deep ball after deep ball after deep ball. You know, we all went in thinking that, uh, you know, B. John Robinson, and he was really good too, don't get right. me wrong. No, but you're right. I mean, Thompson, I think Thompson just really, from a Texas perspective, just elevated his status. As far as Rattler, listen, I can't imagine their NFL scouts looking at this going, yeah, we're going to, like Trent said, we're going to spend a, a, a high draft pick on him. You just, you just can't do it. Um, it's one thing if you're a Trey Lance and you don't have a lot of tape, but you have all the measurables. You've got tape on this kid now, wow. and it's not good what you've seen. Lincoln Riley's got a problem because I, I listened to his comments after the game, and he, you know, he was he was trying. You could tell he was trying to keep Rattler in the conversation, talking about well, he came in and you know he he converted the most important play of the game, which was the two point <laughs> conversion. I would argue that was the most important play of the game. Because I think the last one was the most important play of the game. Uh, but Caleb Williams just, there's mm. no way he can't start. Nope. Um, now look, they've got TCU this week and then they've got Kansas. Now that's Kansas game might be one of those where if you're going to make a switch, Rattler can get a lot. Maybe he can get some confidence back, uh, against Kansas because let's face it, they're terrible. And that's just one of those games where it's going to be interesting because that's a home game. That's their next home game, I think, for Oklahoma. Um, if I'm looking at it right. No, that's at Kansas. They have TCU this week. So that's a game to me where maybe if you want to try to rehab him you can you can get you can do something there. But I don't I don't think he'll be unless like you said, unless Williams gets hurt, I think he's done at Oklahoma. He would be smart to go to a place um you know, where he can get a shot, you know, and I'm just tossing out, you know, a place like UCF or Auburn or somewhere like that where I think they, they're they tired of Bo Nix at Auburn. It's been proven that's not going to work. Um, I don't know who the next – they don't really have a guy in waiting. Um, but, yeah, I think he's he is done at Oklahoma, in my opinion, in terms of being relevant unless Williams gets hurt because he is clearly the future. And off of that game, how about that catch by Mims oh, by the pylon? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. And what – and what an angle! I mean, I loved it. I was sitting. I was waiting there. Okay, if the shoelace is out, is he out, or does it have to be part of his actual? It was that close? I mean, 
I mean, just what a what an incredible, great game. But I'm going to be really interested to see what Rattler does and then how Riley handles it because he's trying to keep him involved. But I think from a you know from a fan perspective, everything else, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is unquestionably your guy going forward. Uh, just one more note on the Big 12 before we do, uh, switch gears to the Big 10. Baylor looks legit. Randis done a really nice job with that team. He's done a great job. That Bill Hannon's a good quarterback. He's legit. And TCU just manhandling tech. I yeah, mean, clobbered him. Physically up yep. front. I think uh, Duggan just had like 100 and some yards passing, like 104 That's or something it. like that. It was I just, saw him running the ball. We're running the football yeah. right at you. Try to stop it, and Tech couldn't. Uh, Trent, let's go to the Big Ten. Of course, we talked a ton about Penn State and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, M- Michigan finding a way to win. Or no, Nebraska finding a way to lose. Uh, your Martinez thought, finding a way to fumble it's, again. It's unbelievable, Bam. He can't get out of his own way. I feel way. bad for him. I do, oh too. Oh, my God, you feel terrible. Trent? You want to like him, and you do like him. I do like him. He he's their whole, he's their whole offense. He keeps giving away games. I mean, sorry. Go ahead, Trent. <laughs> Kenneth Walker. Oh. He should be yes, the Heisman frontrunner. Or certainly one of those invitations. Yes. He should be number one. Mm-hmm. There is nobody that has been more important to his team oh, you're right. than what Walker is. That was a tricky spot against Rutgers. That mm-hmm. was kind of that look-ahead Sleepy early kickoff. Out he was north of two hundred. Where did he finish Again, up? Uh, finished with what was it? Uh, I just had it up here a moment. Two thirty-two. Two thirty-two. Jesus. He should be at the top of the list. Michigan State. That's the story of college football. Mel yeah. Tucker, whose team looked awful yeah. at times in year one. Right. What he's done and has them now in a spot to have an opportunity to get back to Indianapolis. That is big time. Number one on my Heisman list, yeah. Kenneth Walker. You know, that's, fair, that's a fair point. Glad you brought that up. Thorne, I like the quarterback a lot. Walker, wow. Bammy, your thoughts on the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of places you can go, a lot of great games. Um, you know, real quick, Iowa, big win for them. Happy for the program. Let's, let's not really kid ourselves. I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. They, got a, they caught a break when Clifford went out. I mean, that no, They made a break. Was, that, Bama, they made a break. They did. They made. A, I'll give you that. They made a break. But when he went out, Penn State had no chance. They that kid was just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did he finish? Uh, I can't. I don't even have the stats in front of me. But it, it was it was pathetic. The defense is legit. There's no question about it. Um, and they made some plays against. Listen, Penn State still had their first team defense out there at full strength. So you got to give them a lot of credit for making plays when they needed to. I don't know if they win. Maybe they do, maybe they don't if, if Clifford doesn't get hurt. But all that doesn't matter. Like you said, he, they made the break. This wasn't anything that um, that was self-inflicted by Penn State. So you give Iowa a ton of credit. Tough loss for Penn State, and they got a really tough schedule ahead of them. Ohio State's coming, I think. They're starting to get some yep. things corrected. I know it's been a couple of you know Rutgers and, and uh, Maryland or whoever, but uh, they got a bye week. Then they go to Indiana, and then that's, it gets real for them because they got Penn State at Nebraska, which we've seen what that defense can do if they can hang in and they're not deflated. And then they end with Michigan State and Michigan. So that's a tough one, too. I'm glad you mentioned Michigan State. Uh, Walker, you're right. He's got to, he, he has to be leading the Heisman. I don't know who else it is right now because Bryce Young has stubbed his toe. Rattler's fallen off the board. They're, you know, who else is it right now? And, the thing to me that's so different with Michigan State this year, it's not only the running game. You kind of, you know, they've had guys in the past that could really just pound the ball, Le'Veon Bell, and go back to Lorenzo White. I mean, when they've been really good, they've been able to do this. 
But Naylor out on the edge. I mean, he was it three touchdowns over sixty yards <laughs> in that game. I mean, he is a guy that can just bust it open, and I think you have to respect that. And then that opens the game for Walker. So. Listen, Mel Tucker, they got it right. I mean, he, like you said, rough year one, and off we go. And, you know, the the meat of their schedule is ahead of them, too, with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, you know, four out of three out of the last five. But for right now, I mean, they're going to be a threat. Michigan, again, they find a way to do it. Or, as you said, maybe Nebraska found a way to give it to them. I don't know. But, you know, 6-0 is 6-0, and and that, that's that's all you can be at this point. You played six, and all you can do is win six. I still think the day of reckoning is coming for them. I'm not 100% sold uh, on that team, but we'll see. They'll get their chance um, because with two weeks. I, I think that Michigan State game on October 30th in East Lansing, I hope that's an ABC game. They got a bye week this week, and then they could play Northwestern, and I'm really hoping – that that game in East Lansing can be a primetime ABC because I just it'll probably be a Fox you know big noon, uh, but that's got a chance to be a really good football game as we get into November. No, no doubt about it. Uh, Pac-12 from over the weekend, uh, Herm Edwards they they got it done again. Give them credit. That was a good win for Arizona State. Um, what else? Oregon State falling on their face a little bit. I mean it's the Pac-12. I can't get too excited about it. I know we yeah. should, but. Um, I don't, I just, USC's I mailed it in. Yeah, that that that's con- totally over, right? Totally over for USC. Yeah. What are they now? Are they still five hundred or no? Three uh, and three. Three and three. Um, yeah, yeah. Not much to talk about. You know, Slovis throws for four hundred, and they lose by sixteen to a Utah team that was, you know, two and two coming in. So, mm. so is Utah getting yeah, better? I don't know where they're going? That next that next tire has got it. They they have to hit on the next hire out there. And it's not going to be Urban Meyer, I don't think. No. And I, I just don't know who it's going to be. But, um, you know, they got to hit it or they're going to just be floundering, I think, you know, for who knows how long. Anything in the Pac-12, Trent? Uh, no, just another caller telling Bama you got to relax. Uh, Iowa made some plays there. Bama, you're firing people up here. Got to give credit to those Hawkeyes a little bit more. We're, we're no, here I plenty do. of them. I do. I yeah. give them a ton I'm getting of text messages. I mean, I'm getting phone calls look, here on the show. Deep- Perfect. I mean, the, their defense is legit. There's no question about it. Their offense is – I give them credit because they made plays against a really good Penn State defense. But there is no doubt that when Clifford went out of the game, it was – I mean, what did Penn State have, 50 yards of offense after that? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, it was – they were so easy to defend afterwards, and you just you just waited around and waited to make your opportunity, and they did. Yeah, there was no threat of throwing they, the football. There was no threat of – Right, Robinson's exactly. I, and I'm not – exactly. And I'm not saying that Iowa doesn't win if Clifford doesn't get out. But, I mean, it was a different team when he went out of the game and Iowa took advantage of it. And to your – as you said, and rightly so, Trent, Iowa made the break. They knocked him out of the football game, and you, you – you make your own luck sometimes, and Iowa did. And they picked Clifford off twice before he was injured. They also, did. you saw Parker making adjustments. They started blitzing a lot more. Clifford was out of sorts after that. To think that it was just yep. going to continue like you saw the first couple of drives. After their scripted no. plays went away, Penn State's offense went away too, even with Clifford they in did. there before the injury. Uh, and Ferentz and his staff are great at in-game adjustments. They are one of the best in the country and have been for a long time, in my opinion, at making in-game adjustments, which is something that you don't see from a lot of coaching. Well, you pass that along down south, all right? That's what we need from you, Bama. Make, make sure Feinbaum gets that too, okay? 
Oh no, so, he'll be all over the Hawks today. He's a big. He'll be a big fan. <laughs> uh, Trent, SEC, SEC. You mentioned um, the Arkansas Ole Miss. It was just so entertaining. It was just the fun factor of it. Those that Ole Miss, <laughs> right? Yeah, laying the points wasn't yeah. a good one there, but it just the fun factor. We need that. Those college games that. Yeah, the disappointment of what happened for both of those programs the week before, but to bounce back in that kind of fashion, it's just incredible. More of those games. I need more 52-51s in my life. Bam, any any blowback from Pittman going for two? I don't think so. I mean, I think it was just one of those where, you know, look, were you really going to stop? No, they weren't. Overtime? No. I mean, I, I don't – the play calling maybe, you know, where you throw it instead of when you just have these, mm-hmm. you know, this monster offensive line, you know, why not – I, I don't know, maybe that a little bit, but I, I don't think there's any blowback from Arkansas fans on that. I mean, they just they were not. I do not think they were going to win that game in overtime because I, they were just going to have to match Ole Miss score for score. And I'm at some point you would think Ole Miss, uh, you know, would win that. Even and even if you were, whatever the rule is now, is it second overtime, third overtime? Yeah, you gotta go, go for two. two. Yeah, you were going to have to do it anyway. Why not do it at the end of the game to try to kill it? No, I'm with think, you. I don't think there's any blowback on Pittman for this. I admit, look, Corral threw a long touchdown pass. I think there was a buck twenty-two left in the football game. I knew it was yeah. coming. Arkansas is going to go down the field, and they're at minimum yeah. uh, going to uh, going to tie it up. All right, so Seth Small that field goal to win the game for A and M. Oh, did you see his mom? That started. Look, that thing was hooked to. I all thought hooks. he missed. He hooked the cr- and then it knuckles back and slices on him <laughs> after starting with the hook. I mean that. He can't do that. No. And he did that. Did you see the video of his mom and his family? They just kept the camera on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it brought a tear in my eye. Yeah. I mean, just, she dropped to her knees. So here's, now you got to see it. She drops to her knees, right? Dad hardly moves. He's stoic. Mom and his ever, both drop to her knees. She looks up and she leaps the railing and onto the field she goes. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, it was awesome. You got to find it on Twitter. Anyways, uh yeah, that was an unbelievable. So Bama, what does uh, I mean, this was going to be the game, right? You talked about this in August that this was going to be the spot that you thought's going to be the most difficult. Yeah. Here's my perspective on it and maybe this isn't given enough credit to and I know it's going to sound like that. Alabama made mistake. They self-imploded. Oh. Give A&M credit. They took advantage Absolutely. every single time. But Alabama, everything that possibly could go wrong did go wrong in that 60 minutes. Well, yeah, it was as sloppy of a game as you will see under Nick Saban. And I mean in all phases. And there's one guy getting roasted down here today, and I'll get to him in a minute. But um, look, Drop passes in the end zone. Drop passes that could have extended the drive. Receivers in running into half, each other. Yeah, receivers running into each other. You know, it really kind of started when Malachi Moore got thrown out for targeting on the third defensive play of the game. That was a play where, you know, he could have easily pulled up and out of the hit, but for whatever reason, he wanted to tag the kid, and he made helmet-to-helmet contact. And we can all argue that it wasn't egregious, you know, and we need to, have, you know, move forward where, you know, a kid doesn't get tossed for that, fine, throw the 15 yards if you want to. But we all know the rules. The players know the rules. The coaches know the rules. If you do that, you're going to get tossed. He did. He deserved it. And that really put them under the eight ball because one of the – number 14 
came in for him. And if you watch a few of those touchdowns, you'll see the back of number 14 chasing <laughs> a, an A&M receiver. So it kind of started there. And just, just the fact they couldn't protect Bryce Young in the yeah. first half. I mean, he was just under siege. Mm-hmm. And Doug Marone is the offensive line coach, and he's an NFL guy. He's supposed to be one of these gurus. And, again, we just talked about Ferentz. How you couldn't adjust that on the sidelines, you had to wait till halftime. They did clean a lot of it up in the second half, okay? Bill O'Brien is getting hammered down here for calling a pass play that Bryce Young threw an interception. It was a great play by the A&M defender. Third and goal at the one. You got Brian Robinson in the backfield, and you don't hand it to him. I know. It's crazy. First, first and goal at the three. Yep. You throw three times in the fourth quarter, and you kick a field goal. That's 11 points. Yep. And then, of course, they couldn't stop A&M when they needed to. And I'll tell you, the quarterback, Calzada, Ken, you'll remember this game. He remind, That game reminded me of Steven Garcia in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kid yeah. played an almost perfect game. South Carolina. How about him getting knocked out on that last play, going into the tent, Jimbo Fisher going into the tent. With <laughs> Following him, him in. That. Following him to the tent. You know, hey, put some, rub some dirt on it, kid. I need you. Because they had nothing behind him, and then out he comes again, and and just they couldn't get a stop when they needed to. But listen, this was a thoroughly deserved loss for Alabama, and they're either going to react to it and you know straighten some things out and correct it, which I tend to think they will. That's kind of the history, or they're just going to be uh, you know eight and three team or off nine to the three Sugar or Bowl. ten and two or yeah off to the whatever, and they just get wrecked by Georgia. So. In the grand scheme, it doesn't hurt them, I don't think, because if they win out, which they should, although Tennessee is starting to get a little mm-hmm. spunky uh, up there, and they still have they get that game out in, in Tuscaloosa. If they win out, they're going to face Georgia in the SEC championship game, and if they win that, they're going to get in anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, I don't think they can beat Georgia. Um, Kentucky, I think, will find that out this week, unfortunately. Um but, yeah, it was a thoroughly deserved loss. And I think one of the real turning points was right after Alabama blocked the punt, they gave up the kickoff. Yeah, killed them. Yeah. You just never see that under Nick Saban. So it was it was sloppy all around, players, coaches, everything. They deserved it. They're not a playoff team right now if it started. Well, let's do that be. since we're out of time and we, we've got to get to Scott Dockerman. Uh, mm-hmm. Trent, your top four, your, your uh, top four playoff teams right now in order. Georgia. Yep. Iowa. Yep. Oklahoma, yep. Cincinnati. Okay, good list. Yep, uh, uh, Bama, Georgia, yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati too, Iowa, Oklahoma with a big push by Ohio State coming up. Yes, and I know are. Michigan's undefeated, but they'll and they'll have a chance. But Ohio State, I'm telling you, I think they're on the come. So, mm-hmm. and again, maybe. Pick off some listeners. I just think Cincinnati is that good. I do, too. I think they're really good. I'll go Georgia, Iowa, Cincy, Oklahoma for my top four. Uh, Bama, we'll talk to you on uh, Friday. We'll have a good list of games to preview. Have a wonderful week, Bama Bob. Thanks for doing this. Always enjoy it, Ken. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bama Bob, Trent, and I going around college football. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Next, 1460 KXNO 106. Onward.
Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care. 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines. And a new location, the Eye Company... High school sports fans, having trouble finding apparel that properly highlights your fandom and school spirit? Then you should check out the Norwalk Shop, located in Norwalk, Iowa. We've been in business for over five years, supporting high schools and small businesses across the state of Iowa with affordable custom apparel. Have a small job that requires embroidery? We can do that too, and cheaper than anyone in the area with just a $12 setup fee. Check us out on Facebook or stop into 810 Main Street, Norwalk, and let us know how we can help you out. The Norwalk Shop. Oh. Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent-A-State, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent-A-State is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renters Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renters Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to RentersWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happy local sports. I'm Lauren Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Scott Dockerman, 30 seconds. Will McLevain leaving, uh, leaving you and I. He's in the transfer portal. And the White Sox and the Astros down the drain to rain. They will play uh, which game four tomorrow uh, at 107. Let's get Scott Dockerman in here from The Athletic. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing really well, Doc. Where I want to start with you on this uh, Iowa victory over Penn State is against special teams. I know we can go a lot of different directions, but man, Shudak just week after week after week, he has been so good. And what can you say about uh, Tory Taylor that hasn't been said? Uh, just what he did. Punting, uh, pinning uh, the Nittany lines the way he did, and then Shudek with that 48-yard field goal into the uh, the swirling breeze at Kinnick Stadium. Man, oh man, those are two weapons, and they played a significant role again. Yeah, they certainly have, and uh, I think that's what uh, when you're when you're playing teams that are this good, and you've got to win games in the margin. Special teams sometimes tips the outcome in, in one or the other team's favor, and I think we looked back 10 years ago, and it was the other way around. I mean, Iowa kept getting beat on fake punts and, and onside kicks, and now that they are the team that, that has posed the most uh, challenges and done the best work on special teams, and as you mentioned with Caleb Shudek, that was a question coming into the year. I mean, everybody had a lot of faith in him that he can make these field goals, but until you actually go do it, um, you don't know that he can, and, and he did, and you know, he went by a field goal the other day, and you need three of them um, to, to win a top-five matchup. Uh, he was out there doing it. And Torrey Taylor was just quite the weapon. And 
there he is again, you know, just mm. consistently kicking the ball inside the 10-yard line. And, and that's what really helped Iowa win this game and, and put it in a really good position. I mean, ranked number two in the country for the first time and you know, since 1985 to be that high. Absolutely stunning uh, what, what they've been able to do here is the quarterback gets it done again. Let's go there. I know you got an article up on Petrus at The Athletic and the growth that we saw, the terrible start, one for nine, and what it turned into, including a pass that will be in lore for Hawkeye fans for a very long time, the touchdown to Reganey. Take us through the quarterback after that one for nine start, how he was able to bounce back, and the confidence maybe the team has in him in bouncing back. Yeah, he's uh, something special in some ways, and I didn't think I'd ever say that about Spencer Petrus. But uh, to start one for nine against that defense, against that secondary, mm-hmm. which doesn't just have very good players. I mean, they have NFL-caliber players in the secondary in the back end, which is why they play so aggressively up front. And getting blitzed as often as he does, I think that was something that um, it really showed a lot of growth for him, a lot of toughness, and he need that because, uh, you know, he threw a, a – a, a sloppy pass that was that was intercepted. It, I mean, it was it was his receiver touched it, but I wouldn't really classify it as a drop. Sure. And uh, at that point in the game, you're like, oh boy, here we go, mm-hmm. this could slide out of control. And he's coming back and and playing with toughness. And and I wrote today that he he's got a lot of commonalities with uh, Ricky Stancy. And people have kind of forgotten in some ways all the struggles that Ricky had. And, you know, like the Michigan State game, people remember, of course, throwing the final pass to Marvin McNutt for the touchdown, but they don't remember that he was 7 of 18 before that final drive. And I think in some ways that's what uh, uh, Spencer Petras symbolizes is that even though he may struggle early, he's going to hit those big passes in key moments. And you go back through the course of the year, he's done it. Second quarter at Iowa State, um, throughout the game against Maryland, I mean, you know, even against, uh, you know, Colorado State he had some and then of course the other day to, to Reganey I think that one will be uh will have a life of its own before we know it yeah no doubt about that one uh Scott Jockerman from the Athletic Doc you've been at Kinnick Stadium a, a whole lot uh, over your career uh covering this team what did uh, how, I mean obviously they were a huge factor the fans at Kinnick Stadium um but how important was their role in this three-point win uh, three-point win over Penn State uh it was critical I mean when you look at when Sean Clifford went out, and then you look at having a new quarterback go in who doesn't have a very loud voice that carries in an environment where it's that loud, and they have eight false starts, mm. you know, per- perhaps you could say the defensive line caused one of them or something. Uh, I would say that the crowd noise caused seven of them. It was just so almost deafening at times that, you you know, Iowa tipped the balance of that game by by simply being able to, to to have a crowd so loud that the other team couldn't get its signal straight or lock in, and uh, so that was uh, I would say the maybe the last three points were all because of the Hawkeye fan base. It was a difference, and uh, Doc, you've been to a lot of these games. How difficult is it tell is it to tell from the press box? The sound of the crowd, the the difference between I went back to two thousand three. That Michigan game was one of the loudest that I had been to. Is it difficult in the press box to kind of get a read on this was louder than this moment? Those kind of things. Well, yeah, I mean it's hard to remember specific that too. You know, was was this one hundred eight decibels or was this one ten? Right, like that. I've seen some really loud moments um, in in multiple sports and. 
and certainly that was uh, that was at or near the top of the list. I, I would say actually a wrestling meet a few years ago between Iowa and Penn State when uh, Michael Kemmerer beat uh, Hall, I think it was. Yep. I think had a late takedown. That was the Carver Hawkeye was was loud and and I think this one was right there. And there were more people, of course, in bigger area. But uh, towards the end of the game, it was hard to it was hard to even scream at the person next to you when I was out on the field. <laughs> Indeed. Doc, we, we know Campbell and uh and Benson and that secondary. They get uh they and rightly so get a lot of love seemingly uh after every game so far this year. You know who's in my mind is really coming on uh is Logan Lee. Uh, boy he he's playing uh his, his arrow's clearly pointing up and he's becoming more and more of a factor on a very good defense. He's finally healthy, and I think that's really important. I mean, he's got gigantic hands. I can't even describe how big his hands are. Uh, but he's just, uh, for a guy that came in, he was thinking he's going to be a tight end, and then he ends up at defensive tackle, and, mm. and he's really commanding a lot of the line of scrimmage. And it's a two-gap system, so he's got to really control the running game, and he's done a really nice job there. But he's also, uh, you know, been able to, to get some pass rush from the interior, and he's only a redshirt sophomore, and, I think he's been a really impressive player to me. He's taken a step forward. And, and you know, the line in, in itself, the uh, defensive line, doesn't have any superstars yet. I think they will be in a year or two. But uh, it, it's just interesting because they, they have so many players who could do so many things so well and, and do it kind of in an under-the-radar fashion. I mean, they were able to, to get enough pressure and stop the run well enough the other day that um, – that it kind of allowed the back seven to really take the credit for for what ended up happening. The offensive tackle spot remains an issue for Iowa. Both those young guys have just not played at a high level. Their development, well, Penn State had something to do with it this week. And you look at the rest of the schedule, there's a chance to grow. But with it, Doc, I know we have this conversation a lot, but because of those two guys, they're both young, they're inexperienced. Is this the time where you tinker with a little bit more, go away from the zone, not full-time. Of course, that's always going to be a part of it, but get into some more gap blocking here just to help those young tackles out a little bit, or it's Iowa. They're just going to do what they do. Oh, I think in some ways, I mean, the pass rushing last week was different because it was better. You went against a better team. I I liked what they did against Maryland, and they had some really good edge rushers. I think they're going to have to stick with them because not that you know, if 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 gap was working way better than zone, they'd go with the gap all exclusively. They're just not um, being able to to get enough push, or there there have been a lot of inconsistencies in a lot of different spots, except center, and that's probably been. If there's a disappointment this year, it's probably been the offensive line's inability to gel. I think they have the pieces to play better. Um, and they will. I think this week, except for going against one player in particular, I think they'll they'll be all right. Um, but it's still kind of um, it, it, it's still a work in progress, and they've got to they've got to improve because you know, they've got Wisconsin in a couple of weeks, and Wisconsin's not you know playing up to their standards, but they have a defense that's still right there, and they can cause a lot of problems. And let me tell you, I wouldn't be shocked if it's thirteen to nine, one way or the other. <laughs> Let's go to Madison. Uh, Doc, we've got like uh, 45 seconds left. Sounds like Xander Horvath, who had a terrific game uh, in the lid lifter last year against Iowa, is not going to be able to answer the bell. Uh, I'm not. Is it going to be O'Connell? Is it going to be Plummer? They've kind of switched back and forth. And is there a letdown uh, worry for the Hawkeyes after that big win over Penn State this week, Doc? Well, 
I would say no because they're playing Purdue. If they're playing somebody else, then, then there might be a letdown factor. But Purdue's won three out of the last four. They beat them last year in the opener and, and you know made them feel kind of sick to their stomach. So I don't anticipate them letting down. They also know what they're capable of doing. If David Bell is on one side and George Karloff this is on the other, those are two NFL players. They've got to be cognizant of both. At quarterback, uh, Plummer didn't play against Minnesota in the last game. I don't know who they're going to go with. They, I don't think they know who they're going to go with. Uh, you know, it's just it's going to be kind of a on again, off again there. So, uh, and then Horvath will be out, but King Daru is is a pretty good running back too. But they just don't run the ball very effectively. And Iowa had, I mean, they're they're a minus four, I think, four linebackers in that game last year, which was real pivotal late in the game when when Purdue started running the football effectively. Doc, we're out of time. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate Scott Dockman. Thank you. Thanks. Good to talk to you. We'll come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon, 1460. State Farm is there. Do you remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his three P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf... Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care. 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines. And a new location, the eye company. locations. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 and online at iowauro.com. A guilt-free football-watching weekend after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips, Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Condon, final minute of the program. Mr. Monday Night's playing his music. The Ravens favored by seven. Dog barking in the Colts. Are you playing the fave? We're playing a total tonight. We got the under of 46. I think this thing's got ugly written all over it. Don't like a side. Give me the under. 
46. That'll do it for us here today. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at 3. Iowa State Coaches Show at 6.30. Uh, we're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon on 1460KXNO and 106.3 FM. Thanks for being with us. See you tomorrow.